so okay so is my cock in truck driver school now ah movie's done don't i things worked out okay i'm sure okay <laughs> okay movie's done that's movie's it movie's done now okay there are good movies and there are great movies but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave, Howdy. and Casey. Life meets you halfway. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Casey, what's this month's theme? Grab your buzzer energy pills, gummy bears, and diesel gas. We're hitting the big road again for road trip month. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Last week, I brought something we found very special, Crossroads. <laughs> Jay, what did you bring this week? Can it outpace Crossroads? I, I don't know. Can it overtake it? I don't know, but on this week's episode, we watch a classic, again, from my childhood, 1987's Over the Top, starring my hero, Sylvester Stallone. Your hero? I, I don't know, I, Sly is like one of my all-time favorite action movie actors, yeah. so I, I'm a huge fan, always have been since I was a kid. Yeah. I guess, yeah, he, he is a hero, here bringing his heroic feats to the world of professional arm wrestling. Were you this jazzed when we watched Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? Yeah, I just remember you yelling <laughs> yes. a lot. I don't think you were singing his praises, you Fairweather fan. I was. Stallone's one of those actors that I have a lot of fond memories of, but when I look at his catalog, it's just, wow, oh, forgot about that, forgot about that, forgot about that. All right, well, before we get ahead of ourselves, Jay, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You just took a vacation to Las Vegas, so as you do when you're in Vegas, you are properly tanked. A random person has grabbed you off the street, uh, and you now find yourself refereeing an arm wrestling tournament. You're perched right underneath the finalist fists as they push against each other. Unfortunately, one of them's about to get a burst of energy, uh, and your head is between their hands and the pillow. And in the 10 seconds before you get squished like a grape, sell us on this movie. Sylvester Stallone takes his long-lost brat son on a child trip as vocational school on trucking, arm wrestling, and having grit. Nine seconds, I think? I didn't even count because that was yeah, such I, a journey. Yeah, just, you really, <laughs> you took us through all of it, that's for sure. Oh, well, that's, that's, uh, that's how I would sell the movie. But see, as my head is getting squished, that's going to put Casey into absolute rage mode. What she doesn't realize is those nosebleed seats was a bad idea because she's about to run and jump off the balcony and smush both of their heads and die in the same time for having my head smoshed. So in the 10 seconds, Casey, before you go out, head smotion, sell us on this movie. Canon Film makes the most hetero tale of a dad showing his son the ways of the road and how to properly hold hands with another very sweaty man for money. No one rides for free, kid. Nine seconds. Tomato, tomato, right? I told a story. You did. That was the whole fucking movie. Why don't we just then go over the plot of Over the Top? Over the Top's road trip is a wholesome father and son adventure, starring Sylvester Stallone as Lincoln Hawk, an arm wrestling truck driving badass. 
He picks his son up from military school to take him on a cross-country adventure to see his mom one more time before she dies on an operating table. I would also get into a big rig never to be seen again if that snatched waist muscle Mary came to get me from school. So, <laughs> yeah, 100% getting in the car. Jay, you make the situation sound a lot better than it actually is. In reality, Hawk hasn't seen his kid Mike in 10 years. But now Mike's mom is dying, so she wants him to get to know Sly so they can be a reluctant father-son thing. While Stallone's pumped about this, his son has at least a sense of stranger danger and no desire to join him in this truck. Yeah, he is kind of a crappy kid, Dave. I agree. At their first stop, Hawk takes Mike to a dope diner he knows, and Mike orders tuna salad on plain wheat toast and spring water. At a fucking greasy spoon. Mm -mm. Hawk realizes we're all about to check out and moves the plot along and makes some cash by showing off his arm wrestling skills on one of the guys from Lionheart. But Hawk turns down a match against Bull, a huge man who is the five-year undefeated arm wrestling world champion. I'm really mad my friend Caitlin never told me that there's a fucking arm wrestling championship in Vegas, seeming as she lives there, so, like, whack. <laughs> right? Whack, I'm down. Let's go. Oh, we never got right? plastered. I assume she doesn't know, because I feel like that's right up her alley, like, let's go get plastered and go to this. Hawk and Mike return to the road, and they actually have kind of a healthy relationship. Hawk teaches Mike how to drive his big rig. They spend the night at a rest stop in the truck and even work out together. Okay, is working out your fucking arm while you're driving a big rig, like, safe or illegal? <laughs> Asking for a friend. It's probably more safe than letting a 12-year-old drive a fucking semi on the open road, which also happens. <laughs> right? <laughs> this whole time, Mike's grandpa, who hates Lincoln Hawk, is trying to get custody of the kid. He even goes so far as hiring people to kidnap the child. Hawk saves him, however, and they continue their journey stopping at another diner, which is... My kind of speed, right? Like, if you're going to go cross-country, you got to hit up those great hole-in-the-wall food joints. Hawk even teaches Mike how to arm wrestle, and he bets money against a couple of kids, and after Mike loses his first match, Hawk just goes and pep-talks him into winning two more. So, high on victory, they finally make it to the hospital where Mike's mom is, just to find out she died in surgery before they got there. Mike runs off and catches a cab to Grandpa, because apparently that was fine in the 80s. Kids can just get in a cab and say, take me to this rich person's house. They'll pay you. <laughs> After the funeral, Grandpa refuses to let Hawk speak with Mike. So Hawk solves that problem by parking his truck in Grandpa's front door. And driving all over his tacky-ass lawn decorations. What the fuck, Casey? He drove through private gates, huge stone pillars, and a fucking fountain. How, how is that tacky? You can't buy a class. I don't expect you to understand. Uh, all right, that's fair. Grandpa gives Hawk the ultimatum. Give up Mike, and he won't press charges. Hawk's like, what does Mike want? Turns out, it's the same damn thing. Aw. Hawk had genuinely been a good guy at this point. I actually feel bad for him. Yeah. Hawk sells his truck and bets all the money on himself to win the International Arm Wrestling Championship over the top. <gasps> that's what? the movie name. Wow. What? Yeah, they've said it like 10 times already at this point of the film. <laughs> yeah, we yelled every time. Hawk begins winning matches, making it into the finals. Mike decides he wants to be with his father, so he jumps out a second-story window onto the balcony, down to the garden, gets into the garage, and steals a Toyota Tacoma. Which Mike drives to an airport, boards a plane on, and then hoofs it to a hotel. Like a damn 12-year-old. 
It's fine. It was the 80s. Like, if a kid disappeared, they ran away. <laughs> if they reappeared, they were successful. Like, that's just how it goes. You love something, let it go. Just before the finals, Grandpa flies in and has a little chat with Hawk. Grandpa offers Hawk a top-of-the-line truck and half a million dollars to leave and forget about Mike. Of course, Hawk turns him down because he's got winning to do. Yeah. But his arm's injured. Whatever will he do besides throw one of those fucking grandpa cronies through a fucking French door? Shattered the whole frame. Mike shows up just in time to juice Hawk up, delivering back an important life lesson that Hawk taught him. The world won't meet you halfway. You gotta take what you want. Which, fortunately, means that Hawk's pure willpower will allow him to compete. Yes. He squares off against Bull, finally, and after an epic arm wrestling match, pulls off the win. Bull's streak is broken, Grandpa respects Hawk, and finally, Mike and Hawk take their winnings and head off to start their own trucking business. Okay, so is this kid now just insta-trucker? Does Stallone have, like, a trucking school? Or is this going to be, like, for the summer break? I mean, it's 1987. I think if you just have a truck, you are a trucker. <laughs> Commercial driver's license didn't exist yet. Yeah. You know, really? No rules, really. I think we just invented credit scores. Like, right. it's things are pretty weird. I mean, right? Listen, Stallone talked to people with a payphone. Quite off the grid. I don't. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I guess it's not my business. You know, when you finally get custody of your kid, you haven't seen in ten years. It's kind of like having a puppy. Of there is a honeymoon phase. And then that's going to wear off. And now you're stuck in a fucking six foot wide, four foot deep prison with this person for the next however long. Oh, man, I do. I do want to see this exact same movie, just a slightly longer cut where they get in the truck and then it ends like the ending of The Graduate when they're on the bus and you just see the slowly dawning realization on Stallone (laughs) in the child's face. Oh, God, you're all I've got. You. Are all I have now. Okay. I'm in. And this I'm sick litty tit truck. So, I mean, you could just drop that kid off in Mexico. That's true. He at least has a sleeper truck now. So there's a place for the kid to lie down and they're not sleeping upright in the cab of his truck anymore. Does Stallone's character have a home in this or does he live in his truck? Uh, they imply that he lives in his truck. What? Where's all his stuff? Can you get uh, that is his stuff. Everything that's in his truck. I don't think they really said that. I think that they said he'd been on some hard times, but he was doing better. No. Yeah, I don't. They never really clarified. That's why I was curious. You know, and it's none of our fucking business. If he didn't write himself a whole backstory like Dan Aykroyd, he doesn't want (laughs) us to know. And I respect that. I mean, it factors into whether or not I feel okay about him getting custody of the child. Yeah, I'm not sure how grandpa's a dick but he was also a billionaire who was sending the kid to private school and like if stallone lives in a truck i think grandpa's got some money maybe like i don't know from maybe his grandpa that got ousted from a certain country somewhere like so to like another country below our country so i don't think i want the kid being raised by that guy either so foster (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just split it down the middle Put it foster it's like kid. trying to figure What's out who's like who the dog belongs to and both people are calling the dog and the dog just like walks into traffic instead i think maybe <laughs> that would be a situation here 
Wait, Not so good. the kid walks into traffic. Oh, he does run into traffic in the movie. We'll just go biblical and give Grandpa and Stallone half a kid each. Perfect. Stallone gets the left half so that if he sets it up in the passenger seat of the truck, it kind of looks like he's riding along with him. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's going to get the right half because his son's right-handed, and he teaches him how to arm wrestle. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to start out with a strong arm. He's already at a, dif- uh, a disadvantage because he's a half a kid, but, you know. I'm with Casey. Also, so that way he can set it up so that his arm is out of the window hanging there crooked, right? So that if you're standing outside, you see a little kid arm, right? But then you go inside and there's just half a one. No, okay. So if we're going with the arm wrestling, Stallone still takes the left half. So that way he can put it in like a hoodie or a jacket or something and put his arm through the right arm. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to wear that kid. (laughs) I just need to put this out there. When Sylvester Stallone turned around his hat like Ash Ketchum, yes, I know Ash Ketchum <laughs> did it like him. Oh, I know. But he Ash, Ke- he Ash Ketchumed it. When he turned his hat around, <laughs> and you just watch him go dead eyed, I did not like that. He explains it later in the movie. He's like, I turn my hat around, I'm a different person. Like, I turn on like a machine. Okay. <laughs> Phrasing. Yeah. Phrasing. I wish they would have set that up before because I was just confused why all of a sudden he's like, yeah, no, I'm here to fucking party. <laughs> like, it looked, I don't yeah, like that Yeah, uncomfortably intense eye contact. I did not need that in my life. I Are you kidding me? I loved that scene. I thought the melodramatic lead up to his first arm wrestling competition with him turning his hat backwards, eyes going blank, intense stare, chest out walking forward slowly through a crowd of people down to a guy ready to arm wrestle him that was gold he looks like a fucking serial killer it's really upsetting it's It's premium it works to psych people out because i'd be like nah man i'm not gonna fucking arm wrestle you now get the fuck out of here no absolutely not that man is a hundred percent going to skin me and add me to the suit based off of his child (laughs) <laughs> He's gonna wear me. Would you arm wrestle a kid? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm leaving. Getting the fuck out of here. Sylvester Stallone is actually a really sympathetic character in this movie. He's never really outright an asshole to anybody. He doesn't pick fights. You know, he's not going around like dick swinging, like, hey, I'm, wrestle me in front of my kid. I like it. Like, he's pretty chill about everything. It's kind of more like a a samurai movie where he's like, I just want to be left alone. I want to go to this competition and win shiny truck time. Because I got rid of shiny truck. Yeah, it's really weird because there's none of the, like, strongman stuff that we might typically associate Sylvester Stallone with. He's a very kind character. And in, in when his kid's being annoying and just talking shit to him, he instead teaches him valuable lessons about life. In a kind way, like, I would have fucking smacked the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. The the kid in this movie is one of the most annoying child characters I've encountered in a while. And I'm impressed at Stallone's ability not to backhand this child. Right. I mean, the first thing he fucking says when he sees him is, I don't have a father. And then asks for identification. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing your kid for the first time in ten years and he fucking cards you? No, that child's getting slapped. 
right. Yeah, I that kid no. He fire station with you. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> you're out. You're out of the truck. The first fucking sassy barb I get. You're out of the truck. Let's talk about the opening scene of this film for a second because Sylvester Stallone shows up to my military academy wearing like these like singed waist newsboy pants trouser things uh-huh. with suspenders. suspenders clip on because he's classy and a blouse and i mean that in every sense of the word a blouse and a tie <laughs> you slap a flat cap on him and he would 100 percent look like he was working up the nerve to go ask his boss for a five cent a week raise yeah. like, it <laughs> oh was, my god yeah. it was a look yeah. man yeah i would throw pennies at him <laughs> yes all day all fucking day and like these, he's walking up to this hoity-toity academy, and the people are like, "Who's that? Who's that? Who?" Like it's a fucking Bob Fosse video, and they're supposed to be contemptuous, but looking the way he did, it was very thirsty. I don't, I didn't get that vibe at all. But I'm glad that you were. The women were like, there. "Ew, who's that?" Those suspenders were working <laughs> overtime. I will say that. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. Taking care of business. Uh, yeah, he bought suspenders that were intended for like, I think his child and then just stretched them onto himself <laughs> because that's the only way they were dragging that much ass up into the air. Most of the shirts look like they were meant for his child, I except so, for the blouses. Yeah. They were blouses or like child shirts and it's all good. But that's not what you're talking about. We, we're trying to talk about the fucking opening fight. Sorry, we kind of veered towards Casey's corner for a second with the opening scene fashion. But what I'm trying to talk about is the opening fight in the diner between Sylvester Stallone and the dude from Lionheart. He's one of the bad guys in the garage from Lionheart. He's Van, Ge- he's Van Damme adjacent. I'm not going to ignore is. that. He is. I'm, not, I'm amused by the fact you keep calling it a fight, even though they really want to cut it together like it's a fight. But it's a fucking arm wrestling competition. But there's so much hype to it, right? You get the music build up, the intensity. When they're actually arm wrestling, they cut back and forth. You get Sly losing for a little bit. And then he does this little hand grip move that he has. And he starts winning it again. So there's back and forth, tension, drama. I'm in. Like, my am high tension sold. I'm out. And here's why. What? It doesn't look like he's fixing his grip. It looks like he's manipulating the other guy's thumb in a painful way, so he's just basically torquing on their thumb and, like, cheating. Who cares? He's the hero. That I'm on Casey's side because he is the hero, which is why it's weird that the very first time we see him, it really looks like he's cheating and, like, trying to break the other dude's thumb to win. Yeah, he does it with the big guy, too. Yeah, he does. Uh, the one at the end, though, they do a better job of cutting it together to where it does look like it's just an alternative grip rather than specifically. It looked like he was crushing the guy's thumb between Wing the joints Chung. in the first one. <laughs> right. As opposed to just like, no, I'm doing this special southpaw grip. Because in the second one in versus Bull, their hands are tied together. So it's not like... You know, and there's five fucking refs floating around him. So if it was an illegal grip, you'd assume that they'd call it, right? He's just shifting to get a better grip. And I like it, right? Because, like, you watch Dragon Ball, you watch Naruto. What do they do? They have special techniques. That's his special technique. I'm going to I'm gonna argue that those weren't refs. They just got eight people that worked at Foot Locker 
and convince them to skip their shift and they'll pay them <laughs> to come ref this fight. And they're like, but we don't know the sport. And they're like, it doesn't matter. It's fucking arm wrestling. Make up rules. They hey, have to abide. Refs are refs. Yeah, I I think the movie overall did a pretty good job of making me give a shit about a very stupid sport. Uh, and for somebody <laughs> like Stallone to get into this and still have it feel like his other really intense action movies while fucking arm wrestling, I, I, right. I'll give points for that. And especially the last arm wrestling sequence in Las Vegas with the world's greatest referees. Holy shit. <laughs> These refs were so into their fucking job, man. Yeah, I think the refs were more into it than the audience was. Like, they just were having a ball with what was going on. And I guess I would too. So those, I maybe I need to get a job at Foot Locker. I definitely agree that they were just Foot Locker employees winging it as they went. I think the most unrealistic thing about the referees is that they all weren't holding a beer in their offhand. <laughs> because Agreed. that was, like, you put me in that shirt and get me drunk and that would be me in that ring with a beer just taking pulls like you got this man you got oh wait i'm not supposed to cheer for you guys <laughs> but you got this but you got it i will say though uh, the one thing that weirded me out a little bit about the big arm wrestling competition at the end is that when we got there they started abruptly adding in these straight to camera interviews with all of the contestants it was just a really strange change of pace in the film. Like, I'm pretty sure Bull admitted to a couple crimes in his. <laughs> what crimes? I forgot already. He talked about wanting to, like, retire people. Yeah. It's not a crime if it's in a competition. Guys that, like, break other people's arms in UFC don't get charged with crimes. You sign away your rights. It does give us a nice introduction to the characters of the arm wrestling competition, though. Which was oh. good, because that's... It's where we get to flesh out characters like Grizzly, who eats cigars and drinks motor oil. This wasn't part of his interview. He does that on camera. But... <laughs> yeah, he's a lot. They had some lady arm wrestlers. They hey, did. girls. They sort only of. referred to them as lady arm wrestlers, though. I mean, in the yeah, they were only referred to as that. But when you look at the credits of this film... They run out of actual names. There are three people just credited as man. Like, hey man. I, here's what I want to know. How, what is that supposed to be useful for? Who was watching something and going like, oh, I need to remember who that is later. I'll just remember them as man because there is nothing like if that's the most descriptive thing you have to put in the credit, you just don't credit that right. role. I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but it really threw me off. No, yeah, you're looking you're at right. it wrong. That's someone who did work for free for you, and your payment was you get credited in this movie. Maybe, but like, then write something better for them so that you have more than just man. Right. To, right. Oh, just, you're hung up on the title. Okay. Yes, it's specifically being credited as man, that there is no more to the character than that. Okay, so the one-arm wrestling fight we're not talking about is the <laughs> kitty cock fight in the fucking oh. diner. Oh. I don't mean okay. penis, I mean bird. Okay. <laughs> I know. Sylvester Stallone and his kid are walking out of a diner together, and Sylvester's like, eh, you know what? He's ready. He ready? 
So he goes and picks a fight with a kid with a mullet, like three, <laughs> four years older than his son. Yeah, and never a good idea. Is, <laughs> right. That Play kid has pinball. nothing to lose. And he's like, hey, betcha two out of three. My son can kick your ass in uh, arm wrestling, and I'll bet you 10 to 1. So $10 to everyone, your $1 cash. Okay, firstly, don't talk to kids like that. Right. I don't care. Just don't talk. To, don't be weird. Secondly, the kid's like, eh, fuck yeah. And his son gets his ass kicked the first time and runs yeah. out crying, which Rightfully is so. worse. Say you got to pee and then cry. You got to hold it in <laughs> for a second, man. Like, cool. I got to pee. And then you're like, <gasps> in the, oh God, he was such a bad crier too. He was a bad crier. Am I spoiled with K-dramas or did he You were so fucking triggered over his crying. Every time <laughs> it came on, you screamed at the television. No, not, not every time because on many of them, she did. <laughs> the like spongebob parody version of it <laughs> so the kid would start crying and i would just through the microphone here <laughs> you left <laughs> it's bad it was bad <laughs> mm. i definitely agree that you should not be approaching children at truck stops and asking them to fight your children for money that feels like a pretty good moral. Um, excuse me. Is that guy even your dad? Are you in trouble? <laughs> Why don't we go to a payphone together? He's teaching his kid valuable life skills. This is how you make money. Right. Now, you see that kid who took the fight instead of walking away and calling the police? That's a bad kid. You stay away from kids like that. Everything else aside, his kid's... 12 years old in the movie and this kid that he puts him up against in the arm wrestling competition looks like he's about 16 and immediately foot goes full beast mode screamo no amount of believing in yourself is going to have that little 12 year old coming over the top and winning against the other kid he's losing 10 times out of 10 over the top dave over the top over the top i did say the thing yes <laughs> oh my god that's the name you of the movie it. though <laughs> okay, let's not bring back, like, kid fighting movies, but let's bring back more trucker movies. The trucking aspect of this was fun. He teaches his kid how to drive, how to work out while driving, how you don't need books, <laughs> where all the great diners are, which is super fucking yeah, valuable. Yeah, very valuable. Super very valuable. valuable. Yeah, his truck has a fucking full cable pull machine in it, though. That yeah. was, that kind of caught me off guard. That's special. I was hitchhiking. I'd be like, you know what? Did I say east? I meant west. I got him dumb. Unless I'm drunk. And then I'd be like, sweet, dude. I'm actually kind of left-handed. Also, did we need sleeves on anything back then? No. Not when you look like Sylvester fucking Stallone. All of his t-shirts were like cap sleeve t-shirts, and they weren't cut that way. No, our best scientists have been working on tanning oil for the last five years. Why would you waste My that beneath <laughs> sleeves? They slid right off. They came unsewn and slid right off. Also, he rips the sleeve off of his fucking kid's jacket, and the kid rocks it like that for a while. It made me so upset. Why would I, you not just uh, take off the jacket? Because he's a military brat. I guess oh my it's symbolic, God. right? But like, uh, 
So listen, Case, you're you're onto something with the tank tops because the sleeveless shirts, I should say, because that's really what they are. I remember when I was a kid that my dad and like a lot of his friends lifted weights, so they were decent size, so they'd wear sleeveless shirts and look cool and i wanted sleeveless shirts to look cool but when you're mm. a scrawny kid you just look mm-hmm. like uh, wearing yeah, a tent work. your sticks poking out of a tent and i have strong fucking feelings about those right. goddamn shirts do, do you know why muscle guys always wear those sleeveless shirts because they are the only men who can <laughs> yeah! and they are yeah. doing it to flex on the rest of us without having to actually flex the muscles that they can flex. Uh, and it's effective. It's an attack on skinny armed people because if you wear one of those people are like, oh, wow. Oh, it's an attack on all body shapes, but theirs. I look like a sack of potatoes spilling out the sides of one of those. It's not a good look. <laughs> okay. So Stallone finds kids to fight in a truck stop. Are those, is it just like the run of the mill feral kids of the truck stop? Or is this an 80s thing? Or are the feral kids at truck stops a product of the 80s? All right, to be fair, like I grew up in arcades, and those are exactly the kids that are in arcades. And, and while that truck stop was not an arcade, there was at least a Super Mario game and a pinball game. So you got to get your practice on somewhere. And their parents have never read an Anne Rule book. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't. Don't just leave kids at a place where transient people are. I mean, I used to just hang out at the fucking bowling alley all goddamn day long. and Yeah, but there's a truck stop is more frequented by truckers than a bowling alley. Listen, let me tell you about a magical time before cell phones and when you were too poor to have caller ID. And you had boundaries of where you could ride your bicycle. And you had to call your mom within a certain period of time. So you just got on your bike and you rode to wherever the fuck you wanted to that was well outside of those boundaries and called her from that phone because we didn't have caller ID and nobody could know, right? It was a, and that was the 90s. That was a magical time. Let's, let me put this another way to you, Casey. If your options are only the child is here with me at all times or it exists somewhere out in the world and will hopefully return to me and that is as much as I can possibly know until it does. Yeah! How long okay. are you going to put up with, with me all the time before you're willing to accept that? <laughs> or like, if it loves you, let it go. Honestly, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not That's going fair. to dignify it with a response. But I think we all have a ballpark. <laughs> Okay, I got to ask a question. And I need, Dave, I can already see you smiling. I need you to not be a dick for a second and just hear me out. Okay. Because you judge me throughout this whole movie. And this is supposed to be a safe space. Every line that Stallone says to his kid after they get in the truck could easily be a line he's saying to a woman he's trying to pick up fight me okay that's it i'm going to disagree that every line (laughs) works that way however i don't have any specific examples offhand of any (laughs) lines i remember that don't work for it okay i didn't know at the time i needed to be prepared for this so you know maybe i'll go back later 
I'm, I'm not saying even saying you're wrong. I think it's just a wider problem than you realize. 80s action movies kind of overcorrected with the machismo. Yes. The movies of this era and the music videos of village people are kind of an example of like horseshoe theory. Like they all just came right back around at the same point. Be whip right back around. Like this could have been a romantic movie, which would have made me like it more. Like get that kid on a here. But like maybe pick up a hitchhiker girl that's going to Vegas for something else. Maybe her name's Nomi Malone. I don't know. But you can't merge over the top with showgirls. Wait, yes, because her roommate, Stallone's the nice one. He's going to take care of you, not let you run into traffic like that kid did. His son is very Nomi Malone. Tried to run in traffic, faked being sick, taser fucked Kyle MacLachlan in the oh, future, I okay. bet. <laughs> in the future. Probably, probably. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm I'm personally I like that they didn't have a romantic element in the movie and he had some love for his wife that he was estranged from. Yeah, I mean, basically, I can't really say much bad about Sylvester Stallone because he really all over was a likable guy. Yeah, for the most part, like, yeah, it just seemed like he'd been dealt like a shitty hand. And he also got like a rich Nazi father in law that's like, right. get out of here. And he regretted leaving his kid, and he took full responsibility for it. Like, anytime anybody called him out, he was just like, yeah, yeah, I fucked up. I'm trying to do what I can. And so, like, he's a very sympathetic character. It's a, it's a very unique role for Sly, I think. This movie could have been romantic as fuck, and I'm kind of sad that this little army kid ruined it. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get the story about a transient trucker competing in arm wrestling competitions while he woos a hobo he picked up en route. Is that the pitch you've got? Yes. Yeah, with his little suspenders and his snatch-ass waist? Yes. All right, that's fair. All right, well, we've had enough of relationship building with Sly and arm wrestling to get down to the most important question of the night. Dave, I'm going to start with you. 1987's Over the Top. Would you watch it again? Man, you know, shockingly, I had never actually seen Over the Top before. It's a movie I've been aware of my entire life, but I never actually sat down and watched it. It's been a big hole in my Stallone library. Um, so I finally saw it. It's, it's, it's not a good movie by like, <laughs> any measure whatsoever. You see the Canon Films logo, you know you're not in for a good film. Ah, but I did have okay. a lot of fun with it. Uh, and other than really hating the child character in this he's just an incredibly hateable child uh, with a very punchable face <laughs> once we get to the back half of the movie and stallone's really taking center screen all the time and especially when we have like 15 solid minutes of just arm wrestling screams yeah. that was great um so yeah i will absolutely watch over Woo! the top again though i might skip the first like 20 ish minutes or so of it uh, Casey, you. how about you? Over the top with Sylvester Stallone. Would you watch it again? I want to say yes. Sly Stallone looks incredible. Minus about 80% of the grease. The soundtrack has Sammy Hagar, Kenny Loggins, and Frank fucking <laughs> Stallone. Yes, it does. But I'm going to be real honest. His face and the lack of fighting 
is gonna edge me towards no. <gasps> if I'm gonna watch a canon film, there's a million other ones I would rather watch. Listen, Sylvester, you look great until you did the face. No, no, I'm not gonna watch over the top again. But Jay, I know you've seen it before. I'm pretty sure I know what you're gonna say, but indulge me anyway. Over the top from 1987. Would you watch it again? I think one of the craziest things, and we spent some time on this about over the top, is how great Sylvester Stallone is as a parent, right? Because his kid is a fucking ungrateful, combative, and shitty little know-it-all. And despite all of that, Sly never lets his frustration show, continues to be supportive, takes responsibility for his mistake, and teaches his kid several valuable lessons. And throughout all of it, there is this absolutely ridiculous backdrop of arm wrestling that is a fucking blast the answer is yes casey as you probably guessed i will watch over the top again i i think it's ridiculous it's fun and i'm excited to watch it again so that's it the verdict is in again just like last week two out of three of us will watch over the top i guess the question then is up to you you watch it and let us know what you thought so dave it's your turn next week what are we watching Next week, I am going to be bringing a movie from my childhood that I'm pretty sure at least Jay has seen as well, too. It's going to be, I think, one of the earliest video game movies. We're going to be watching The Wizard. Yes! Oh, my God. I wanted a power glove so badly. It's the only reason anyone remembers that fucking thing. (laughs) You are in for a treat, Casey. We're only moving forward two years to 1989, and we're getting Fred Savage. The kid from the Wonder Wonder Years? Is that where he's from? Well, if you're wondering, follow us on social media, sh.ttycinema on Facebook, Twitter at Bad Movies Bad People, and that's PPL, Instagram at Casey.cinema, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, or plainoldshittycinema.com. All of that is linked in the description. If you didn't write all that out right now, why would you be writing? Why wouldn't you just use your phone? Who am I to attack you? If you want to help us out in a bigger way, have a friend listen to us. And as always, let's turn out the lights, fire up the big rig, and go pick out the best competitor for our kids. Uh,